You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome, everybody. I am Roger B. This is the Locked and Loaded Show on America's Web Radio. And those shots you heard were me hitting every target. Yes, he, he was hitting the broadside of a barn, <laughs> standing inside the barn. <laughs> then I might actually hit every target. <laughs> but yeah, in case you didn't know, Locked and Loaded, we're going to talk about guns, we're going to talk about weapons, we're going to talk about firearms, and we're going to talk about the politics of guns, weapons, firearms, ammunition. We're going to cover it all, well, as much as we can in the hour that we have. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in if you are. For those of you who are interested, you can send me an email at roger at americaswebradio.com if you have any questions, comments, disparaging or encouraging. Either way, I'll take them all. So you can make comments, and who knows, or suggest a topic of discussion for a show if you would like. That's always available. Well, the first thing on the agenda today, we're going to, instead of hitting right into the Second Amendment, I'm going to touch on a little bit of First Amendment stuff. Of course, the, the gentleman in question was posting memes, which is, you know, First Amendment right, about the Second Amendment. Now, this is really kind of odd because apparently he had re, he had shared or reposted a meme which was listed as what they call a boogaloo meme. Now, boogaloo is, is another term for when is an SHTF. For those of you familiar with that term, stuff hits the fan. And when the stuff hits the fan, it usually refers to either a failure in government systems or a rioting of some type. When, pe- when law and order tend to break down and people have to be responsible for their own protection, for their own protecting their own households and families and friends. So apparently he posted some meme talking about when the stuff hits the fan, you know, about possibly government failure or breaking down of uh, law enforcement systems. And you would think, okay, you know, people make those kind of comments all the time. There are that certain fringe element that thinks that's going to happen no matter what. Somehow, somewhere, everything's going to fall apart and they're going to have to take care of everything themselves, which is fine. In fact, uh, years ago, they used to have a show on television called um, something about preppers. Preppers are people who prepare for this type of contingency or some sort of natural disaster that would be, you know, huge in scope that could, you know, eliminate half the country's infrastructure or something like that, a giant EMP, a, a super volcano, something like that. And these people talk about what they would do in that situation. Well, apparently, this guy posted some, he reshared a meme that was already out there. He shared it. Okay, so he didn't make it up. He did, wasn't the first one to put it out there. And some of these memes, I guess they can be a little bit more dark in their sense of humor sometimes, you know. But apparently, when they talk about the Boogaloo toys or the SHTF toys, they're talking about guns. And the Boogaloo, that just sounds a, funny, the a, Boogaloo. Apparently, he made some comment about getting some illegal parts or possible things in case of this situation happening. And apparently the BATF, the the FBI, the DEA, they were on his doorstep, and he was now under arrest on a $250,000 bond for posting a meme. So, of course, the police went into the house where he was. They recovered all the weapons. 
Turns out every single weapon there was legally owned by this gentleman's father. He was 22 and he had access to them, but they were all owned by his father. Now, they also recovered body armor with a titanium plate, camouflage shirt, pants, belts, ballistic helmets, tactical gloves, camouflage bag, and some computers. But apparently there was nothing on here that was illegal. I mean, all these things are legal to own. And if you're a prepper of any sort or believe there's a possibility, there's always the old expression, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. So this guy was preparing for the possible worst, which is nothing. There's nothing illegal about that in this country. You can prepare for whatever you like as long as you don't get anything that's you know, on somebody's watch list. But apparently somebody felt scared or felt offended or felt threatened when they saw the meme that he reposted and he got arrested and he's on a $250,000 bond. He's been banned from the campus of the college he was attending. And the media is coming out there saying, oh, it's a mass murder plot that was foiled. Hmm. And they have absolutely no evidence of that. Oh no, absolutely none. He made he'd never been in any kind of trouble before, never done anything illegal, but he had been talking about defending himself from possible government tyranny. But him being innocent doesn't fit the narrative and that's why they're going to make up this story of him a mass shooting being thwarted, which is furthest from the case. Right, exactly. Just because he said, you know, in case the government were to to fail or the government were to come after and start disobeying the Constitution and violating my civil rights, he would be prepared to defend himself against such a situation. And he has the Constitution to back him up. You know, every American, every freedom-loving American citizen has the right and the duty to protect themselves from an authoritarian, tyrannic, tyrannical threat, tyrannical threat of, from their government. Absolutely. That's why the Founding Fathers put it in the Constitution. Yeah. yeah, we aren't sitting here saying that we need to overthrow the government because, you know, one beautiful thing about this country is we can make a complete change of direction by pulling the lever of the ballot box. But it's in the Constitution for a reason should these bozos like the fake Hispanic O'Rourke try and come after and confiscate all the weapons. Yeah, I mean, if they violate, I mean, right now they're violating the Constitution all over the place now, anywhere, or violating federal law. As hard as they can and as fast as they can and under the guise of the red flag laws. Or even uh, sanctuary cities. They're ignoring immigration laws because they want to. Because they don't want to help, they don't want to help the federal government enforce the law. Well, apparently, if you're a Democrat, there's just a different standard of laws. It's okay to ignore existing law. You can if you feel it's not, it shouldn't apply to you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If I mean, just look, just take for example what just recently happened in 2016. Um, you have a presidential candidate in Hillary Clinton who had sub- her phones were subpoenaed, the, her campaign's phones and iPads. They smashed them with hammers and bleach bit cleaned the hard drives. They violated... You or me would have been under the jail. They violated the subpoena order, and nobody seems to care. But so anyway, so this guy ended up, and he's in huge trouble. I don't know what's going to happen with this. I I hesitate to look 
for any of the memes that he posted because if they're that toxic, I really don't want to get that close to him. But I would be really curious to see what kind of meme he shared or posted to see what got him in that kind of trouble. Especially with no previous history of any kind of illegal activity. I was going to ask you, does he have any criminal record? As far as I could tell, he had no criminal record whatsoever, no hint of doing anything illegal other than possibly sharing the idea that if the government gets out of hand, he was ready to take things into his own hands and help fix things. If that's the standard, they're going to come after you and me next. Hey, I still believe in voting. I have no problem with that. You know, voting is still the way to fix things right now. Of course, of course. But that doesn't mean you can't be prepared. You should always be prepared. Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Yeah. It's the old adage when when I run into some uh, cry closet liberals, Roger, who asked me, why do you carry? Why do you have a gun? And I always look at them and say, I would rather have it and never, ever have to use it than to need it and not have it. That's right. Always better in that respect. It's like, why do you have a fire, fire extinguisher in your house? There's a fire department right down the street. Why do you need a fire extinguisher? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because and, and in fact, this, that's a good point. You hope to never have to use that. <laughs> that's right. It's there just in case. But it's there just in case. I have a fire hydrant in the corner of my yard. I don't <laughs> like it there. But I don't want it going anywhere. That's right. But it's good to have it there just in case. The same thing with a, with a weapon. You have it to defend yourself, your family, your friends, your property, just in case the police aren't right there standing in front of you when something happens. Same thing with your fire extinguisher. In case the fire department isn't there within 30 seconds of you calling them, you want to help eliminate some of the possible detrimental effects that a fire may have or slow it down enough to where it won't destroy everything. Same thing with a weapon. It serves the same purpose. But now, it's funny how they went after this guy with no illegal activity on his record whatsoever that I could find anywhere. And then there's another story that came up. This is uh, probably a month or so ago, I'm believing. But uh, Durham, North Carolina. Okay. Prosecutors dismiss a majority of felony firearm possession charges. Well, not felony, felon firearm possession charges means they have arrested felons who are carrying guns illegally, have illegal weapons, and they're not prosecuting them. So that's and and it's and it keeps going and the the rate of this keeps going up. It started, I believe, in what uh, 2016. They had um, about 46 percent. Of all felons who were carrying firearms or had illegal guns, those cases were dropped, dismissed, taken completely off the record. So here are these guys violating firearm laws, having weapons they're not supposed to have, and they just let them go. No, No prosecution whatsoever. And then by 2018, that rate was up from 46 to 53%. So they had almost 370 arrests for possession of a firearm by a felon. And 53% of those were just voluntarily dismissed. Now, here here they're going after people they know are felons. These are people who are, there's no doubt here. These people have committed crimes in the past and have lost their right to carry a weapon. And when they're found with weapons, what does a district attorney do? Uh, he just drops the charges. He doesn't want to charge them with that. And you would think that these are the kind of people you that laws are meant to keep guns out of these people's hands. But no, they don't want to do that because then they can pass more laws if they don't enforce the laws that are already there. I mean, if you just look at the numbers and think about it. This is the Gang Reduction Strategy Office. 
it seems to be if you're a felon and you're carrying a firearm, there's a low potential of having any negative consequences. They're not going to come after you. They're not going to do anything wrong. They're going to use it as part of a plea, plea deal to try and get you on some other charge. But you know what? If they don't push these weapon charges, that means the law is completely ineffective. They're not prosecuting people they need to who are violating the law. They always say over 80% of all crimes are committed that are committed with a weapon are done with, are done with an illegal weapon. You know, either illegal for them to own or illegal for them to even have. You know, I don't know whether they stole it or whatever, but that's something to consider that you really have to look at. If the district attorneys are letting people go who have felonies, there's no stopping it. All right, you're listening to America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and this is Locked and Loaded, and we'll be back in a moment. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Quick stakes. That's Q-U-I-K stakes are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of quick stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's quick stakes, Q-U-I-K stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs> That's great. I had a jam there. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. I'm Roger B. This is the Locked and Loaded Show, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And that other voice you heard, in case you didn't know, was Victor Armendariz from On Point with Victor. I just lag behind a little bit here, Roger. A to roll your tongue. Oh right. Oh. <laughs> you know he can. Armendariz. I was gonna say he's got some Spanish in him. He can do that too. Uh, That's I, right. I, I stay back a little bit. A to listen to the gunshots because you know I. You don't have them on your show. Don't have them on my show. Uh, B. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to. There, we have an awesome listener up in New York, and I wanted to give him a little shout out. Uh, Mark, he's out there listening. Thanks for listening. And uh, those gunshots you hear, we sure wish you could uh, join in with those gunshots in New York. But you're not allowed to have any guns. <laughs> I think even a slingshot has to be registered and and, and documented. I hope right. those rocks work for you, Mark. <laughs> We've got his guns. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for listening, all six of you. You know who you are. You're listening. Pay attention. Okay, now this is a story. This is a story that's old. It's a couple years old, but I just have never mentioned it before, and I want to bring it up because it's so much fun. 
So you got to imagine, you're in a Marine Corps unit, an elite unit, you're fighting people in the Taliban or the Al-Qaeda or whoever it is you happen to be fighting this week, you know. And all of a sudden, you're in the middle of a firefight, and your Barrett M107 50 caliber rifle fails during a firefight. And what are you going to do? Oh, my God. So you see, you try and fix it. You do a few things. So the next thing you do, you pick up a phone, and you call customer service at Barrett. And uh, that's right. In the middle of a firefight, these Marines called customer service line at Barrett, told them what they were doing. They put them immediately through to a technician. Don Cook, he was a Marine veteran, and he's been maintaining these M107s, or the civilian version would be the M82. This is a semi-automatic, 10-shot, 50-caliber rifle. If you saw one, you'd probably recognize it because it's probably in every video game anywhere. So anyway, so Don Cook, the Marine veteran, gets this call. He's been doing this for more than 20 years. And uh, he's talking to this Marine on the phone while they're in a firefight. And he manages to tell them, despite they didn't have tools, he told them exactly what to do, told them how to use the bottom of part of the gun to bend something back down, and within 45 seconds, the gun was functioning again. And they had, he, he said, he, they said, thank you, and then he heard a dial tone. They had a firefight to get back to. So they actually called customer service in the middle of a firefight, and the customer service representative was able to get their weapon up and functioning again in a matter of just a couple of minutes and get them back in the fight. So I just really like that. And that was Barrett, Barrett Firearms. So that's a that's a that's a heck of a way to provide customer service, I think. <laughs> Be able to uh provide customer service in the middle of a high stress situation. So I'm sure. He was a Marine veteran. Not only did he speak English, he probably spoke a little bit of some other stuff too. And the Marine Corps uses a lot of uh, colorful language that we can't say on the air. Oh yeah, he was a Marine veteran, absolutely. Now, late, lately, you've been hearing about all these companies who are changing their policies about being able to carry weapons in their store, about buying ammunition or rifles in their stores, like Walmart. And I know. Uh, Walmart just last week decided they were not going to sell any more rifle ammo that was not strictly hunting type ammo. So no 76239, no 556, anything that was available in what they considered a military styled rifle they were not going to carry anymore. So, and they also, now they didn't restrict this per se, but they did make a request that people not open carry in their stores. Which, you know, I guess it's their store. It's a private business. They're allowed to do that. And then there's other places like, you know, Wegmans and CBS and Walgreens all last week announcing policies restricting the sale or carrying of firearms on their property. But I want to give a shout-out to a company called Rural King. This is billed, it's billed itself as America's home and farm store. They have more than 100 locations in 13 states. And they posted a letter to Facebook basically saying, we stand with people who stand with our Second Amendment. We are here to protect our freedoms and defend them against any kind of tyranny. And they sell firearms. So you can go to a rural king, sell firearms. You can carry your guns there. They are backing the Second Amendment. They are supporting Second Amendment supporters, and they're doing it. And they've been doing it since 1960. 
Now, granted, they have just a few, like 109 stores in 13 states, so they're not huge. But I just want to give them a shout out and say I appreciate that. And if I ever get to a state where there is a rural king, I will certainly try and stop by and buy something. They offer AR-15s. They offer 5.56 ammunition, magazines, full-capacity magazines. I'm not going to say high-capacity because they're full-capacity. They're not restricted-capacity magazines. So just a a shout-out. Rural King, appreciate what you're doing for the Second Amendment people. Hope you keep that up. I really would like to see more companies stand behind the Second Amendment instead of getting in there and getting all mixed up with all these political social justice warriors. I wonder if Walmart realizes who their customers are. Do they think the man bun wearing, vaping, tight jean having, you know, socialist, is that their preferred customer? I mean, most of those are people are bashing Walmart, saying they're too capitalist and they won't shop there. But yet that's the people they're caving into the people who will probably never set foot in their stores and they're ignoring their regular day-to-day customers so walmart you got to wake up see what's going on this is not going to end well for you people will find other places to go of course the local gun stores probably really appreciate you not selling any more rifles any military style rifles or only any military styled rifle ammunition because that just means more for the local gun dealers, more for the local gun stores, and for other stores that do sell it. So what are you going to do if you get to a point where you get in a restricted situation? How do you get around this? I mean, there's so many states now that have restricted magazines. You can't have more than uh, seven rounds, eight rounds, 11 rounds, whatever it is. They just pull some arbitrary number out, out of their backside and decide that's going to be the amount of rounds you can have in your gun. But yet, it's funny, all these states that have restricted magazines have no restrictions on the police that work for the same counties, cities, and governments. So, there's a company now, well, this has been out for a little while, but there's companies now writing programs for 3D printers. Now, when I first saw a 3D printer, I thought, oh great, you can 3D print a whistle. Excellent. Well, now the programs are getting more sophisticated. The plastic is getting much better quality, and you're getting stuff that looks like actual manufactured goods. And a company now has come up with a program that can help you print your own 30-round Glock magazine. Now, the program will print the mag body. It'll print both pieces of the floor plates, and it'll print the magazine follower. The only thing you need is a spring. So you add a spring to this, you can print your own 30-round, 25-round, whatever round magazines you want. You can print your own Glock magazines now. Now, the 3D printer technology has really pushed, I guess, politicians into taking a stand on one side or the other. Because there was a gentleman who came out with the entire gun that he 3D printed. Now, granted, if you've seen this thing, it's a very small caliber. It fires two shots, one at a time. You know, it's not likely to be of any threat to hardly anybody, but it is completely plastic with a few very tiny metal parts. And it's, you know, people were just panicking. Oh, my God, it's an assassin's gun. Oh, my goodness, everyone's going to be killing everybody on the streets now with a plastic weapon. Well, it never happened. However, there have been many states and government agencies that have tried to shut down him providing this information to people for free. But now, as the technology just keeps expanding, there's going to be no way to stop it. They have, you can 3D print an AR-15 lower now with no issues, and that is perfectly legal to print your own firearm receiver. There is no laws against that. Now, how you assemble it from there might be an issue in some states, but most states that are the free states, we're going to call them, 
you can build your AR-15 from your homemade lower, and that's perfectly legal. Now, you cannot sell that to anybody else, but you can print it for your own use and make it something that you can have and keep forever. So Now, the 3D technology in the printers is coming out, and it's getting faster and faster, better and better. More and more parts are being able to be made. And make no mistake, this is going to determine the future of gun law. If they get in here and try and ban these things or try and stop people from owning 3D printers or start registering 3D printers to people, it's going to be extremely difficult for anybody to be able to do this kind of thing anymore. Now, a lot of you are sitting and saying, oh, well, criminals are going to 3D print weapons. It's like, mm, not likely. They're not likely to buy the three the to $500 machine to 3D print their AR-15 lower and then get all the parts and assemble this gun just to avoid you know, having a serial number on it. It's much easier to steal something or find another way to make it than to do this. So I doubt this is really going to be something that's going to be uh, invested in by criminals and crime bosses. But I think the technology is just amazing, and it's going to get better and better. And also, for making any kind of parts for replacement parts for guns, a lot of states have limits on magazines where if they're already made, and you have them, you can keep them. However, if you need replacement parts, here you can make your own replacement parts if necessary, put the same serial number on it, destroy the original, and you've got the same magazine, essentially, produced under that serial number. Now, I don't know how that works a lot of, in a lot of states because I live in a relatively free state where I can buy full-capacity magazines with no issue. Yeah, they're not high-capacity. They're full-capacity. The restricted-capacity magazines are the ones where the... Let's call them the uh, anti-Second Amendment states are trying to push into the hands of regular citizens. However, they don't realize with 3D printers coming out and getting cheaper and cheaper every day, being able to print your own magazines is going to be no problem. And I really hope that people take this to heart and realize this technology is something that uh, we can really use in the in the gun industry. <clears throat> and make, get, make people just have a little bit more freedom with what they can do. Uh, my next story is about a police officer. Now, you've seen lots of these stories come out about police officers, how they're involved in a shooting, and, of course, instantly Facebook and Instagram and Twitter start having these campaigns to make them feel guiltier or try to defend the rights of the criminals above the life of the police officer. Now, this was a justified shooting. He had a, a gentleman, apparently, who pulled a weapon on him. He fired upon him, killed the guy. This is in Mississippi. And now, because of this, this officer is being threatened by people in the community, by local gang members, by local, I guess, criminals and thieves. And, uh, he, you know, it's crazy because now, because of the court of public opinion, his daughter has to sleep in a crib surrounded by bulletproof vests because he's afraid people will come in and start shooting up his house. All because he had a justifiable shooting. He shot an armed suspect. How does that figure into anything? Okay, we're going to be right back. We're going to have to take a couple breaks. You're listening to America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and this is Locked and Loaded. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We've got a very special show on today, as a matter of fact, and I think you're going to find it quite interesting from a number of different aspects. And uh, it's going to be called Delta Force. 
45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have... The top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I'm Roger B. and this is Locked and Loaded. Those gunshots you heard were just a little practice in the background. And thanks for listening to America's Web Radio. And we're going to get right back into it. Before we left for the break, we were talking about a, a, a Mississippi police officer involved in a shooting of an armed suspect, and the court of public opinion took him to task and decided he should not have shot this man. Now, according to the reports, though, this man's own mother filed charges on him just a short time prior to the incident for breaking into her home and stealing his stepsister's vehicle. And his mother is upset with the police department for not catching him prior to the shooting. He also had several active felony warrants in multiple cities, including one for severely beating his girlfriend with a pistol and knocking her teeth out. So, yeah, this guy was not an upstanding citizen by any means. But because the court of public opinion has decided to pass judgment on him, he's being threatened. His family is being threatened. His, his property is being threatened. And he has to, you know, take extra precaution now to protect himself and his family after shooting some dirtbag felon who stole a car, beats, he beat his girlfriend up prior to that, and had a weapon with him that he wasn't supposed to have because he was a felon. So he, he probably broke, you know, a half a dozen laws before he even met up with any of the cops who were going after him. And the family's attorney was quick to condemn the officer's action before even the facts were investigated, of course, through Facebook. Because Facebook is now the new public court, I guess. You know, it's so easy to throw your opinion out there even without having any of the facts. But in this case, he fled from police officers in a high-speed vehicle pursuit. And apparently he was posing a complete risk to everybody around him. So... There was no way this guy was going to get away with this, obviously, if they ever caught him. And unfortunately, when he pulled his gun out or had his gun, had his hand on his gun when officers told him to put his hands up, then they, of course, had to respond in kind, and they shot him dead, which honestly sounds like what he needed to prevent any more felonies from being committed. But it's just it's crazy how right now anybody can form any opinion about anything 
and can force it to the forefront of what should not be an issue. Uh, you know, everybody wants their, I guess, their son, their daughter, their husband or wife or girlfriend or boyfriend to be innocent. Even though they're committing felons, they're con- committing felonies, committing crimes, and they themselves report the crimes, they still don't think anybody should be shot. Well, you know what? You pick up a gun against a police officer, you're probably going to get shot. There's not a whole lot of places where that would not happen. So, in any case, be aware of that. This this guy now has, says his daughter sleeps in a crib surrounded by bulletproof vests because he's afraid some gang members or members of this guy's clique or clan will come to his house and start shooting stuff because of they thought the shooting was un- unjustified. But So you got to learn to protect yourself and be careful what you read or what you post because you never know. Now I'm going to get into a little bit, just a bit more political stuff about this about ownership of weapons. Everybody who owns a weapon, you probably bought it for a certain reason. You like it. You enjoy it. If not, you sell it and you buy something else. Now these politicians are deciding, you know what? We want to buy these weapons back from you. The idea of a government buyback of military-styled weapons, which is name of Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke, decided he's going to push for a mandatory gun buyback. Now, I don't care if you call it a gun buyback or not. That sounds like confiscation. He's talking about confiscating weapons and trying to appease you by giving you a few dollars or whatever. I don't I doubt you're going to get to set the price of your own weapons. But the term buyback itself struck me as odd because that would imply that the government owned these weapons to start with. Did they? Did you buy your gov- your weapons from the government? I think the only place you can consider that is if you buy something from the civilian marksmanship program. They do get their weapons from the government, and they sell them to civilians. But if it wasn't one of those, chances are you bought yours from a local gun store, you bought it from a gun show, where you still had to undergo a proper background check, or you bought it from a big box store. Heck, you might have even bought it from Dick's before they went all crazy and decided to be anti-Second Amendment. But... It's it's crazy to think that this guy thinks calling it a buyback is not going to let people know this is confiscation, pure and simple. And he's talking about it in the open. He's not behind closed doors. He's sitting there telling people he's going to take weapons away and offer you a, a pittance of what they're probably worth and force you to sell them whether you want to or not. It seems like they're just getting a little out of hand with this. Did he not read the Constitution? You know, it's it gets in the way of so many of these things they want to do, but I guess they're really not concerned about that because to them the Constitution is just some old dusty document that doesn't really apply anymore. You know, this buyback, uh, confiscation, it's like calling somebody, uh, there was an author who put it, he said, it's a bit like calling armed robbery a compelled donation. That's right. It's a forced donation. It's not armed robbery. Now, I wonder if this would actually hold up if you decided not to sell your weapons back. You know, there was also a point that was brought up that, you know, I was going to sell my weapons back to the government, but after doing a background check, I realized the government was not mentally stable and had a history of committing mass murder. So, you know, I don't think they would be safe in the hands of most government officials. (laughs) So they failed the background check so they don't get to buy the weapons back. But the fact that they call it a buyback as if the government owned these in the first place. I mean, it's not like with property. Property you buy, you actually do have to pay the government every year just for your right to maintain it. But you don't have to pay a tax on your weapons yet. 
Oh, maybe I should be quiet. I don't want to give anybody any ideas. That's all we need. Some yearly tax on weapons that you own for them to try and confiscate them by keep raising the taxes until you can't afford to keep them. But, yeah, be aware when these politicians talk about buybacks, they're not buying anything back. They're taking them from you and giving you a little something to make you think like you you got compensated for it. Now, if you get to set your own price on these weapons, that would be another story. You know, I have a lot of million-dollar weapons in my collection. You know, most people wouldn't value them that high, but they have sentimental value to me, so I would all be compensated for that as well. I thought they were all at the bottom of the sea. Well, just the one or two that I still have have a great sentimental value. That's why they, I didn't have them on that boat during that accident. <laughs> but, yeah, keep in mind, though, don't let these people come up with this buyback business. This is complete and utter bull squeeze. It is unjustifiable, it is illegal, and you should not let these people even get away. Even talking about it should get them in huge trouble. The fact that they're willing to violate the Constitution to push their agenda through. Because you know what a government does after it takes weapons away from its citizens? Yeah, whatever it wants to. There's no stopping it at that point. Who's going who's gonna to get between you and a tyrannical government? Nobody. <laughs> That's right. Be prepared. But be cautious and vote every time you get a chance because voting is still the number one way to change things. And try not to let any of these gun-grabbing, socialist, anti-gun people get in power. And the best way to do that is to vote. And if you're already voting that way and you want to help, try and find somebody who's not. Get them to see the light, even just on one candidate. Get them to change their mind and vote the way to keep some anti-gunner out of a political office because that is going to be the best way to preserve our freedom if not we might as well just hand everything in walk away from it set it on fire and throw the constitution on top as we as we walk away because there's no stopping it at that point like the red flag laws that i've talked about repeatedly where they can take anything from you weapon wise just by somebody pointing at you and saying oh he might be a danger you should take his guns away yeah, and we've already seen cases of that were mistaken identity. They took the wrong person's weapons away, even though they clarified before they took these weapons that he was not the person they were looking for. They said, we're still going to take them. You'll have to fix it later. Yeah, and, th- and any fixing later, he was going to have to pay for all the legal fees and all the, the fines and, and administrative fees that were involved in getting his weapons back. And then there was also the person who was killed because his sister decided he argued too loudly. And I know I've said this before, but this is just the beginning. This is the very, very tip of the iceberg. As soon as people start realizing they can just point to other people because they don't like their guns and they don't like them having guns in their neighborhood, this is going to get way out of hand. You're going to have to be very cautious who you associate with, who you talk to, who you let anybody know that you have anything. It's just like the gentleman with the, uh, the free speech issue. He reposted a meme, and of course, somebody thought they were, they felt threatened by it, so they called the police on him and said he was a threat. And bam, now he ended up getting thrown in jail on a quarter million dollar bond because he reposted a meme that somebody else had made. Now, I don't know what it was, I don't know what it said, and I'm not even going to try and find it because apparently, like I said, that thing is toxic. I don't even want to get that close to it. I would like to see it, but I don't want to go searching for it. Okay, back to our good guy. Good guy for the week. This was in New Mexico. 
Police responded to reports of two strange men claiming to be an FBI drug task force knocking on apartment doors. When they arrived, they found one of the imposters dead. That's right. They got a call at 345, and they said someone who was trying to break into her apartment. She reported the two men dressed all in black were claiming to be with the FBI, but didn't look like they were really cops. I mean, I don't think they would just be breaking into someone's apartment without a warrant, without identification, without the full force of the government behind them. But apparently, these are people who didn't live there. They were saying they're with, from the FBI, High Intensity Drug Task Force, Region 3. And she didn't think they were cops. Apparently, she was right. The two men were not law enforcement at all. They were impersonating FBI agents to intimidate and possibly rob the tenants at this apartment building. One of the men was carrying a black pellet gun, and he had taped a laser pointer to the barrel of it. So apparently he was not anticipating any kind of armed resistance to to his knocking on doors and threatening to, to rob any of the uh, tenants of this apartment building. And apparently they, they picked the wrong apartment, kicked the door in of this apartment, and this apartment was home to an armed citizen. <laughs> so this thing, he didn't bother act. He felt threatened by the two. Kicking in the door with guns drawn. He kicked in the door. That's when the, to- the tenant saw the barrel of the gun come through the door. The tenant allow- announced several times that he was armed. And that's when the offender went into the living room, just stepping through the doorway. And being that he was armed, the tenant protected himself with his own weapon against these fake law enforcement officers. I mean, why else would you kick in apartment doors at 345 in the morning pretending to be an FBI carrying a gun? Yeah, and after the shooting, the gentleman tried to save the life by applying a makeshift tourniquet to the wound while he waited for the police to arrive, but he died later at the hospital. Well, you know, aw, how terrible. You know, one less criminal to have to feed in prison. I'm not saying I'm disappointed. And they don't, and now the police officers don't expect the, the homeowner to face any charges because here they are, fake police officers. First of all, impersonating police officers is a felony anyway. Breaking into an apartment, another felony. Threatening somebody with a weapon, another felony. And that's all I can think of just by reading this quick two page article. But here you go. So this is another person saved his life and the life of other tenants potentially in that apartment building by being armed and being the one to stand up and tell these people, no, you're not going to play this game here. You're not going to try and rob people here. This is my home. This is my house. And these people who live here may or may not be my friends, but I'm going to stand up for them also by defending them. So if you carry a weapon, be aware. You never know what you're going to run into. So now it's easy to say that you would react the same way in a situation, but when someone identifies themselves as a police officer, you really need to be cautious with something like that. Most criminals won't do that, but if they do, they're going to show you a badge, they're going to show you identification, and you're going to have time to check. Always look. Look carefully. Don't just take a, if he glances, throws you a blockbuster card. Don't come think that's going to be their police ID. All right, we're going to be right back. We have to take a quick break. Uh, This is America's Web Radio. You're listening to the Locked and Loaded Show, and I am Roger B. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend 
is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B., and this is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, I want to mention one more time, if you have any comments, any questions, any disagreements, any arguments you'd like to make, you can email me at roger at americaswebradio.com, and I will get those, and we can have a discussion about that, and I will bring it up. If you have a topic you would like to see brought up, or you have a topic that you're concerned about and would like to know more, I will see what I can do to maybe do a little research and shed a little light, because there is so much going on right now with the, with the, the number, supposed to be the number two enemy of most weapons, the first being rust. But today, with the coatings on most weapons, rust is becoming less of an issue, and politicians are becoming a bigger issue. Okay, I'm going to take a few moments, and I'm going to cover some new products that I haven't done in a while here because I really like these couple of new things I saw out. CZ has brought out the Scorpion a couple of years ago. I don't know if you, how many of you are familiar with it. It is a, it is a submachine gun-styled pistol-caliber carbine in its original, in its original form. And uh, now, after it's been out for a few years, they are making some customized versions, some different versions. I know they have a couple pistol versions out, and these pistol versions um, have a folding pistol stock on them, which makes them very handy, relatively short. Now they've gone completely tiny. They've gone to the Micro Scorpion. This is a tiny little one. Let's see, they started by changing the barrel from about seven and three quarter inches down to four point one inches. So this is it's you know, you're talking Glock seventeen barrel length, so it's small, it's short. And this whole thing with a folded pistol brace is sixteen inches long. Which is that's a perfect size for one of these tiny little micro 
I guess, micro-pistol caliber carbine-type weapons. It's not really a carbine because it's not a rifle. It is a pistol by legal definition and has a pistol brace on it. This is very similar to the uh, HK, the MP5, the little tiny one that people used to carry under jackets. That's right. A lot of um, law enforcement were big on these really small pistols, a lot of bodyguards, people who did security, secret service had people carrying these. The little micro MP5s, I, they had a letter designation that I cannot recall at the moment. And I'm sure if you're sitting at home listening, you're yelling it out, but I can't hear you. So, But, yeah, this is the CZ version of this. Now, you may wonder, why does anybody need a CZ version if the HK is already out there? Because the HK is about $3,000. The CZ, probably under $1,000. And the CZ has a good custom market, too. A lot of people are coming out with a lot of accessories because of the CZ Scorpion's popularity. You can replace the safety. You can replace mag releases. You can add all kinds of uh, trigger enhancements to this weapon. But this one, the Micro, is particularly nice because of its tiny size. I mean, it it comes with a small PDW-style brace. And this was uh, an effort between uh, Manticore Arms and CZ USA and SB Tactical. This brace collapses down to a very small size and can be deployed with just a single pull. So it's very easy to get to, very easy to use, and makes this weapon extremely concealable. Now keep in mind, this Scorpion takes all the same magazines as all the other Scorpions. So you're talking anywhere from 10 to 35 rounds, I believe, you can get. And there's aftermarket magazines now also. I believe Magpul has come out with a version of this, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to double-check that. Now, they did cut down a few things, like they only have two sling points on the Micro instead of the four or five they have on some of the other ones, but it is a much smaller weapon. Remember, 4-inch, 4.1-inch barrel. So it is a very small barrel, and it's a very handy little package. This would just be like a large pistol with a 30-plus round magazine. So this thing is going to be just, I think it's going to be a hit. They've got a uh, uh, a really nice weapon on their hands here. Now, it is a little heavy. It wouldn't be a replacement for an actual sidearm, I don't think, because it comes in at 5.5 pounds. So it's similar probably in weight to the HK. So uh, it's something you can do. And it and the loading lever, the uh, cocking lever, is run similar to an MP5. It slides back and forth on the left side and has a notch you can roll it up into so you can actually slap it down and charge the weapon, which is always really cool in the movies when they do that. may not be the best thing to do on an empty chamber, but if you're loading it, go ahead, slap it down. It'll load it up. It'll be ready to go. So, Now, of course, you got to realize this thing may not have the same accuracy. However, with the pistol brace in place, it would probably be easier to shoot more accurately with this 4-inch barrel than it would with almost any handgun itself. So it's something to consider. If you're out there looking for something new, something different, something that can make you feel like you're going to, you know, have a weapon that has extreme compactness and still has a 30-plus round capacity, I think you could easily get out to 50 to 100 yards with this weapon with the pistol brace in place. So keep in mind, this is something to look at. CZ Scorpion and their Micro. So if you're looking for something new, go ahead and take a look at that. The next thing on our list of new weapons, now this has been out for a few weeks now, is the P320X5 Legion model. Now, for a long time, the Legion model was just kind of a, to me, it was just 
a gray paint that they put on the standard weapons. Made a couple of enhancements here and there. But this one uses some new technology in the way they build their polymer frame. Now, you may think, okay, it's a plastic frame. Big deal. Well, what they did, though, is they infused the plastic frame with tungsten. And what that's going to do is add a good bit of weight to this already pretty solid pistol. In fact, the tungsten frame alone adds eight ounces to the weight of this pistol. That's a half a pound heavier it adds to this pistol. Now, granted, this is not going to be probably an everyday carry weapon, but an X5 tends to have the longer barrel, has the slide cuts in it. This is probably going to be more of a competition-based sort of weapon. And with the extra weight, it's going to help keep it on target better, keep recoil down to a minimum, and be able to make faster shots on target time and time again and make reloads even a little easier because you'll want to shoot it more because it's a little heavier frame. But... uh Okay, so this is something to look for in your local store, I guess. <clears throat> now they've uh <clears throat> they also had come out with the 365 extended version or the XL version of the 365, which I thought was a neat weapon too because it's a little bit bigger, still smaller than the the Glock 19, but now they've gone totally opposite, gone with the X5, which is a huge gun. It is very very heavy. But, you know, it takes 17-round magazines, which is good for most shooting sports. Now, there's more to it than just the weight, though. The tungsten-infused frame was their biggest, I guess, advantage to it. But they also have upgraded the trigger. So the trigger on the X5 is supposed to be better. Of course, compared to a standard 320, any trigger that doesn't go off when you drop it is going to be a big improvement. So let's hope it doesn't have any issues with that. It also comes with a set of Dawson Precision Adjustable Sights, green fiber optic in the front, and it even gives you spare light tubes. They're provided to be able to replace these if they ever fall out, which if you've ever dealt with fiber optic sights, on occasion they will crack, they will break, they will get lost sometimes. So it's nice to have a few extras for there. And it also has cutouts for... Optics, so you can run one of these with optics. Now, with optics and a heavier slide or heavier frame like this, I think this gun would be a great competition weapon. So this will be something that you'd really have to consider if you're getting into a competitive competitive sport and you want to run a SIG. This would be the one to have, I think. It, Like I say, it adds 8 ounces, half a pound of extra weight just by infusing tungsten into the frame. Trigger pull is supposed to be between 3 and 5 pounds. Pretty standard for this. I don't know if there will be any kits out to lower that down. But supposedly the trigger's enhanced. It's extremely light as far as the brake. It breaks very cleanly, very crisply. So even the extra weight doesn't seem to affect the ability to fire this weapon fast. All right, well, that's something. If you're interested in it, go check your dealers. I'm sure they'll be in there now. <clears throat> now, also, they have a 12-pound spring and a 14-pound spring to run to run for the slide. So in case you're running low-power ammo or you're running an optic, you can adjust the slide spring to compensate for extra for the extra weight on the slide, or if you want to run lower power ammo, you can run a lower power spring. But this is just, it's its a really neat weapon because it actually enhances all the good things about the SIG X5 that you may want. It makes it just a little bit better. Which, of course, you know, any gun that's better than a previous model is going to be something you're going to want. So, <clears throat> now, you got to realize, when you pick this thing up, it weighs 43 and a half ounces, 
versus 35 ounces for the standard model. So you're talking a huge difference in weight here. All right, well, go take a look at it. Color matching, PVD-coated slide, molded synthetic frame, everything matches. So it should be a really nice weapon. And it's not ridiculously expensive with a retail under under $1,149. So that's pretty good. Retail $1,149, claiming street price at around $900 to $950, not bad at all. I want to thank everybody for listening today. This is the Locked and Loaded Show. I am Roger B., and you are listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.